Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. So who are our enemies and how do we love them? Bottom line. Let's just break that one down here. This is very important to know. Our enemies can be anyone that we've had a, uh, we have a personal conflict with. This is very important. I've studied this out. This is anyone that we can have a personal conflict with to the far continuum of they are morally 180 degrees out of sync with anything that we believe or honor or hold to be true. Mm-hmm. So this can this runs the spectrum, right? This can be someone that's done us wrong. This can be someone in the workplace. Um, and by the way, in just a moment here, I'm going to say you handle all these things a little bit differently. But the enemies in our life can be all the way from that adversarial relationship at work to someone who, let's just be real dramatic here, real accurate, someone in the Hamas that believes that any Christian or sympathizer with Israel and any Christians are better off dead. Okay, so that's a big spectrum. Yeah. So would you say the term enemy is subjective or objective? It's it's objective spiritually, okay. but it's subjective relationally. Okay. So I think it's both. It's a great question. But this is this is the kicker here. If we look at the text, and I always love reading the Bible because it's so much clearer. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, look at the continuum that we'll see here of who our enemies are and what we're supposed to do so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. This is not conditional. This is propositional. This is if you are really born again, this is what's going to be coming out of you. For he makes the sunrise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So who is he that Jesus is referring to here? This is his father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. He's saying he he handles everyone similarly. This is fascinating. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? We tell our kids that. It's easy to be friends with people that are your friends. That's easy. Right. But so what's that? Anyone can do that. Any lost guy can do that. Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet, this is this continuum, greet only your brothers. Piper says, this is the far left continuum. Those are my words where loving enemies is as simple as greeting people. That's what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah. So on the far left continuum is greet people. Jesus lovers, disciples of Jesus, they greet people. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they greet people. Walking down the sidewalk, whatever. Greet, hello, good morning. Hello. How are you? <laughs> yeah. And actually mean it. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, what's that perfect? It's the righteousness of Christ that is found in God through relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. But here's here's the point. The only way that we can love our enemies is that we look at, at Jesus, who went to the cross and died for people when they had anything but 
love for him. They had avarice for him. They hated him, but he loved them. Now, when they repented, he forgave them. So this is a a very important thing to note. And I want to do a quick one on this. I feel prompted to do it. Jesus forgave the repentant, but he loved everyone. This is why people sometimes get hung up on the issue of forgiveness and they throw it around willy-nilly. We're called to love everyone. Isn't that wild? Yeah. We're called to love our enemies. Wow. So what are we going to have to do to do that? We've got to go below the surface and we've got to not live in this natural man world. We've got to bring, we got to have enough mindfulness where we go, all right, that guy that is flipping me off in traffic for something I didn't do. I didn't quickly enough let him in to go into another lane and he's screaming at me. I've had that happen before. Yeah, we all have. Sure. It's like, whoa. Yeah. We've got to be able to, in an instant, in a moment, let the Spirit of God prompt us to go, oh, there is something going on below the surface here. We've got to live in the spirit realm. We've got to, this is an old faith um, kind of um, word of faith statement, but it's a good one. We've got to operate in the spirit. We've got to operate in the spirit, which how easy is it to operate in the flesh, in um, the natural man? So easy. Very Too easy. easy. But we've got to be able to operate in the spirit. Yeah. What a fascinating thing. This is because, you know, you think about so many situations where you have the ongoing maybe relational strife or some sort of conflict where someone's your enemy. But I don't think we so often think about those quick interactions, yeah. the greeting or the moment in traffic where it's not a lasting thing. It's that you said that immediate like, OK, my flesh is bricked. But let me respond in the spirit. In the spirit. Yeah. Operating in the spirit. That's that is impossible apart from the work of the spirit. Yeah, and and that's what's beautiful yeah. is that God can do what we can't do. That's grace. That's grace. Yeah. And then what happens? We get surprised. Let me give you, I'm going to do this really quickly. The best counsel my dad ever gave me. And the, what's amazing about this, I'm going to stand up here because I'm getting animated. The best counsel my dad ever gave me for loving enemies is move toward them, not away from them. Mm. And I have seen more people benefited from my dad's counsel that I've passed on than you can shake a stick at, guys. I had someone come up to me last week and said, yeah, you know that thing you say about your moving toward your enemy? I did that, and man, it works. Wow. So I had an enemy who was in ministry. So what's going on with that? Was he born again or is he a lost guy? I think this guy's genuinely born again that became a derailed disciple of Christ. And he got all goofed up. And he started getting in competition for who's got the bigger church. And because we were exploding in growth and intimidated him and he started preaching about me without using my name. But everybody in the city goes, oh, we know who he's talking about. (laughs) So I'm like, what do you do with that? You got two options. One, you can kind of sit in it and stew, or you can, in this case, move toward it. Every time we move toward our enemies, you might say, how do you move toward the Hamas? We'll talk about that later on today. 
make a note of that. We want to talk about how do we move toward the Hamas? Hmm. That's a fascinating question. I like that question. Yeah. But the, the beauty was my, I went to my dad. My dad said, Carl, move toward him, not away from him. Take him out to lunch. I'm like, man. I love my dad. He's got a lot of wisdom, but I think I need to get some other counsel because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to take <laughs> Can this Can I get guy a second opinion? I want to take this guy out to the woodshed is what I want to <laughs> do, and I could have taken him. So I thought, I'm going to go open a can. No, I took my dad's advice, took this guy out to lunch. He was shocked. I think he was probably thinking. You're going to yell at him? I'm going to bust him out. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't bust him out at all. I left room for the fact that he could have had a bad moment, a bad few Sundays, and, and it just things were not going good. And you know what happened? I took him out, and I said to him, I keep almost saying his name, and that would not be good. I said, brother, I just want to get to know you because I don't know you. Tell me your story. And he began to tell me my story. By the time we were done with lunch, no joking, we got up from that lunch table at the cattle company where he loved to go get a steak for lunch. And I bought it for him. <laughs> and we hugged hmm. for a long time. Did he own anything or no. apologize no. or even no. acknowledge? No. It's okay. Hmm. That's in his court. I don't. Yeah. He's got to deal with it. He's got to do that. Not you. But I'll tell you what. He quit preaching about me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. that's fair. No, I, yeah. I mean he quit. That's, that's good. And, and the funny little subplot is here. Every six months, it would kind of rear its head. Yeah, this, this went on for eight years. Oh wow, wow! So every six months, I'd call up his assistant. Hey, I want to get call him Gern. Take Gern out to the cattle company. Well, Carl, let's get him on the calendar. We'd right. go out. Everything's great. Six months later, I need to get with Gern again at the cattle company. Oh, goodness. No, no. No, I'm not kidding you. I, I believe was you. This, that's how it went down. And you know what? God forged a relationship with, between him and myself hmm. in such a funny way that when I faced a radical injustice, he was one of the first guys to call me up. Now, his counsel to me was not good counsel. <laughs> he told me to open a can of spiritual whoop booty. Uh, but he was, at the very least, but supportive. But he was on my side, yeah. 100%. That's How something. funny is that? Yeah. Okay, we've got a real cool thing coming up for you here. Yeah, coming up. Imagine it's not one person against you. Not even two or three. Ooh. Preach. <laughs> it's an entire district. And then a nation is divided over whether or not you have the right to pray on a football field. He was just minding his own business. Just wanted to pray after a game. Many were offended. His case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Ooh. This was big news. I remember this story oh. and thinking, what? There's got to be more to it, really? Yo, that's what I thought. This guy, he must be doing something Wasn't bad. Wasn't even trying to lead anyone in prayer, just quietly praying. But it became a flashpoint for religious freedom, freedom of speech. And him holding true with a godly attitude changed 
the religious landscape and the rights that people have as Christians or any religion all the way to the Supreme Court. Coach Joe Kennedy going to be with us in a minute and a half. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Allie, have you ever been hit for taking a stand for anything? Um, In s- subtle ways. I don't think in big ways. How did it feel? Well, you feel like you're being targeted. Have you ever been hit for something that you're like, for that? I mean, I've had plenty of things in my life where I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm taking heat for that. <laughs> but there's something you're taking heat for, and it's like, what? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, someone seemed, has an issue with this. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Oh, we got a guy. Joe, it must have felt like that, right? Here you are praying at the 50-yard line, and now people have a problem with it? Yeah, that's the craziest thing. Of all the things I could have gotten fired for, that's <laughs> the one that they pick. Really? Because <laughs> there was plenty of other stuff for sure. Coach Joe Kennedy is our guest right now. And if that name sounds familiar, uh, you may remember he made the news. He was suspended and later fired uh, from his high school football coaching job because he prayed quietly after football games. There was a lawsuit that was filed against the school district arguing that he should not be doing this. This went all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Coach yeah. Joe. This, this thing's grabbed national headlines and national attention big time. Coach, I, I get, we got so many questions for you. Did you ever feel like bailing out on this conviction that you had? You must have been tempted to go, ah, it ain't worth it. Oh, you know, as a Marine, I would love to say that, oh, heck no, but no. Every day, it seemed like I wanted to quit. It was not a fun thing. It wasn't good for me and my family. Stuff I put my wife through, boy, I mm. tell you, I, I did want to quit every single day. Mm, how'd she handle that? Because I hadn't thought of that before. That's right. You, you're you dragging your spouse along for this ride. How did that go? I joke with her, which she doesn't think it's funny, because <laughs> she was the H... <laughs> She was the HR director for the school district oh I was doing. I always joke around with her that she's the one that fired me and I had to sue her for it. But she doesn't think that's funny at all. Oh. Wow. So give us a little bit of backstory on this. You were a former atheist. How did you end up becoming the coach who prayed? Yeah. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I very much was an atheist. You know, that whole God thing seemed like a fairy tale for somebody else. And I connected with my childhood sweetheart, and uh, we weren't equally yoked. So things were going really bad. And I already destroyed two marriages. I didn't want to destroy this one. She was my first love, and I wanted her to be my last love. And I really desperately wanted to make this work. And I couldn't do that until I just submitted to God. And as soon as we did that, I tell you, um, I actually became an okay husband. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, by the way, Joe Kennedy is our guest right now. Yep, made national news. And on the 27th of June, 2022, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Coach Kennedy and his First Amendment right to pray. Um, huge, huge, huge in the news. And now I know. I get it. I don't think I had understood this before. I, my, my concern, in fact, we were talking about this, is we're, we have a radio show here in Chicago, and you're talking to some of the most incredible people on the planet, and I'm not kidding you, Joe. But the one thing we don't want to do is angry evangelical around here. We don't do angry Christianity. That's not you, is it, brother? This, is, this conviction to pray is born out of genuine transformation of your soul, isn't it, bro? 
Oh, that's all it was. And it was being thankful. It was just thanking the kids for what they did and letting me be part of it. So yeah, this was 100% out of my love and appreciation for everything in that God's given me in, in this world. Coming up, let's hear a little bit more about the case itself and what it was like having this play out oh, man. on such a big stage and then ultimately victory. Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So with us right now, Boom Crew, is Coach Joe Kennedy. Made headlines in a big way. And you're right, Allie. Can you imagine what... You didn't bargain for this. He didn't sign up for this. Little obscure high school football team in the middle of nowhere. And guess what? Boom. Headlines around the world. Your decision to pray, your commitment to pray has been widely debated. Were, were you surprised by what this became? Oh, yes. I mean, this is nothing new. People have been praying on football fields from the beginning of yeah, time. That's right. It, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's such a big deal. Well, somebody obviously thought it was, and God, just because uh, he's got a really good sense of humor, which I question sometimes, <laughs> is yeah. he wanted to take this all the way through, and it became such a big deal. And the worst thing about it was I, I was worried about losing and what that would mean for all Christians and or for all people of faith here in America. Yeah, so when did it move from, boy, I'm going to stand up for principle here to, Boy, I wonder if God's called me to the front lines to stand up for a whole lot of people here. When did that shift? Uh, as soon as the district lawyers, the school district lawyers got involved, I thought we could work all this out because these people are my friends. The schools, my, you know, all these guys are my friends. The superintendent goes to the same church as me. This was something that none of us wanted, but the district lawyers, they went hard down on, nope, we can't have prayer anywhere, any religion in the public square. And then the courts actually started ruling in their favor. And I was very, very concerned about that whole thing. Imagine that, no no religious uh, freedom in America anymore. Hmm. So what does winning this case mean for you and beyond just you? Well, just for me, only thing I ever asked for was to be a coach again and to be able to pray after a football game. It was a simple ask. What God did with it is that he opened it up to bring God back into our public schools and into the public squares. So right now, people in America have more religious freedom now more than they have been had in probably the past 50 years. So people should be, you know, no, no worries about sharing their faith, yeah. showing their faith wherever they are. Yeah, that's beautiful. Joe, this is such a fascinating story, and I think for our boom crew to hear your heart and the candor is a beautiful thing. You know, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray for us. We've got a praying coach on here. My goodness, we're going to have you pray for us. But oh, great. What's, Thanks, what's, buddy. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, but here's what I want to ask you, Joe. What did you learn in this process about yourself? What did God do inside of you? Really finding out what peace and grace was about and really cementing my faith in God. I, I couldn't have done this without my family. And God really showed me that, there, you know, there's a lot of angry people in the world. And if we just sat down and talked about it and they understood why I was doing what I was doing, we could have a normal conversation. And I believe that most people would agree with me that this was not a bad thing and they would actually be on my side. So, yeah, really just um, having me to have some patience and be able to listen to people and have that conversation with them and knowing that no matter what, uh, the enemy is not going to destroy me or my family and we'll make it through anything. I love it. So you've recently resigned as coach. So you're kind of putting that to the side. What's next for you? 
we got the book coming out and uh, they're shooting a movie based on my life. So that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> you didn't uh, ask for any of this, did you, Joe? You didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> I just wanted to coach football. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, my wife's been praying and uh, I think we're going to go back to school and we're going to go to seminary class together and really learn what the word says and, and figure out how we can apply that to our lives and to everybody around us. Yeah, that's wonderful. Coach, I got to tell you, man, we love you. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm asking you to pray. If you're praying, coach, you guess what? We're going to have you pray. And here's what I want you to pray, coach. I want you to pray for all the followers in Chicagoland that we could have the courage when called upon to step forward as you not only step forward, but you, you held onto that ground and you did it in with class and grace. And I know that that's from the Lord himself, but would you pray for us right now, coach? Yeah, absolutely. Lord God, I just want to lift up all of Chicago. What an incredible state with incredible people. Lord, I ask that they have the bravery and just the, the heart to be able to share and be the light for you. Let them be able to be strong in their faith and be able to show that wherever we go in love and in patience with everyone and with strength and as warriors that we do stand up for our faith and that we will be able to make it through anything relying on you. In your blessed name, amen. 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 Coach Joe Kennedy, and we got a link for you, Boom Crew, and you are going to want this right now. You can find out about his new book. The book is called Average Joe. There's a movie in the works as well. The book is available for pre-order. Just text the word COACH. Text COACH to 312-274-9624 for Coach Joe Kennedy's website. Just text COACH to 312-274-9624. Hey, Boom Crew, this is Matt Forte. Huddle up, because we're taking our next step with Jesus here on Carl and Crew in the Morning. You know, we live in a world of conflict. Come on. Yeah. So the question is, how do we love our enemies? From people that we just have an issue with at work all the way to radical extremists like Hamas. By the way, quick note here. Whoa. The indoctrination of our enemies is so profound. I don't know how a little kid being raised in Gaza Strip can possibly not have hatred for Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw a clip yesterday that was utterly shocking. It was a kindergarten pageant, and it's not one year. It's two years back to back. They have full video with, obviously, translation. They've got role-playing, these little kids packing submachine guns, kindergartners. Submachine, it's a big pageant. All the parents are there, hundreds and hundreds of parents, like a school play, mm -hmm. right? They are packing guns. They are role-playing shooting Israelis. They are role-playing putting mines underneath tanks. They are role-playing with rockets. You know how you have rocket launchers where you put the missile in the top of the tube? Got little kids doing this. Wow. So yeah. they are in dot, and the parents are cheering like crazy. Mm. Yeah. So you got little kids, and by the way, kids can get indoctrinated, folks. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So if all you've heard your whole life is that Jewish people are evil, they hate you, they're the enemy, they stole your land, we've got to kill them, guess what? Yeah. So the question is, how do you love Hamas? And by the way, when you think about Hamas, you've got a couple of the ringleaders out there that are older, for sure. Ironically, CNN, Jake Tapper did an interview with the 
kingpin of the Hamas's son, yep. who, guess what? Mm-hmm. Tell me about him. He became a spy for Israel, and he speaks out against Hamas on a regular basis because you know, he understands what they are. You know what he jo- told Jake Tapper? What's that? He said, these are evil people. Mm-hmm. He called them a genocidal group. Wow. Yeah. And that's the, that's the that's founder's the, the son. The founder's son. Yeah. These people are evil. But now we're called to love them. How in the cat hair do you love Hamas? How do you do it, Allie? You've got the answer. I I have no idea. I mean, the I think the pray for your enemies or, or pray for those who persecute you. So so prayer is part of it. I think, hold on, t- stop there. I think that's the biggest enchilada. How many of us yeah. are going to meet a Hamas warrior? Very, very little. I mean, maybe, you know, 0.01% of people. Yeah. Do we believe that prayer changes things? Absolutely. Yes. yes. What if we started to have a portion of prayer time mm. where we prayed for our enemies? Yeah. We pray for Israel. What if we prayed for our enemies? God, visit them in visions. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. signs and wonders that blow them away. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Hamas leader's son saw something, and you've got to attribute that to a holy God. He, I don't think God. he claims faith in Jesus, but he obviously saw something that he wouldn't have otherwise seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can pray. That, yeah. That's not an also rant. And I go back to, we talked about this, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, you were quoting out of Psalm 83 and 16, fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Okay, keep that verse handy because that's right on the money. Read that again. This is Psalm 8316. You got to read the whole thing to get the context, but this verse says, fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you start praying for people, do you notice how your attitude toward them changes? Totally. And it's such a step of, of faith to pray for people who you do not like and who do not like you and who are enemies and who are who have done you wrong it it's almost like you take a deep breath and you go okay god i, yeah. I in an act of faith i'm going to go ahead and pray for this person who i have absolute contempt for because god they're against you they're against your people they're wicked they're evil but god fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name o lord what a great prayer what a great prayer and by the way, that's a merciful prayer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we live in this no man's land and we don't know what to do. What do yeah. we do? We can start praying. There might be more things and we want to hear from you. And we had a couple calls come in. We didn't get to you in time. But if you want to call in and you've got a thought on this, how do we pray for, excuse me, how do we love our enemies? How? How? I, Boom Crew, you bring some of the best content to the show. We're called to do it. What does it look like? 312-274-9624. Give us a call right now. We'll light it up. We'll get some text messages read as well. How do we love our enemies? Allie, you're right on. When you engage them in prayer, everything changes. And if you persist in that prayer, your heart will change toward these people. Yeah. 312-274-9624. Giving hope. Directly from the source, we're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, the whole week we're committed to loving our enemies, and uh, this is this is important because without love for enemies, you know what? Satan gets a hook in us because enemies then 
We don't know what to do with them. And we begin to loathe people rather than loving people. And that can get really dangerous. You know who for? You. Me. Loving enemies is impossible without the love of Christ. Yeah. We love because he first loved us. Absolutely. Getting a lot of feedback coming in here via text. You got any highlights there? Yeah, uh, lots of comments about, about prayer. Uh, love as Christ loves, says 4795, give in hospitality. Uh, pray for your enemy, 8490, says take every opportunity to humbly serve them. 2797, love your enemy by showing them acts of kindness and service. And then they added, it'll drive them crazy. Yeah, it's heaping burning coals. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. 0062, tell them about Jesus. Yeah, that's not an also ran. No. Paul in Chicago, what do you say? How do you love your enemy? Well, I really, really want to. But the problem being sometimes is that my knee-jerk reaction of defense pops up first <laughs> in yeah. trying to defend my yeah. God's honor and my honor. And it's difficult to make that transition over to pray for this guy that's constantly, you know, on my back or, you know, at work, customers coming in. Oh, I mean, just since um, COVID, it's been really, really difficult to love them when they're harping on you, uh, yelling at you, um, F-bombing you yeah. for not giving them what they want to hear. Yeah, Paul, you're you're right on. What? How has God given you a breakthrough on this one, Paul? How has that worked? Through my wife. She works with me Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And reminders are reading in the Bible. The first thing she said to me, Jesus is standing right next to you. How would he handle all of this in, in perspective to what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What would he do? Would he get defensive? No, he would pass the, his own love from his heart to that person and trying to turn it around yeah. to make it a different experience. What's really weird about this, Paul, and you've probably seen this to be true, when we let them get to us, then yep. we distance ourselves in our heart toward them, and our heart gets a little hard. Ironically, when we move toward them, all of a sudden, <laughs> the whole landscape changes. You know what I mean, Paul? Absolutely. It's the weirdest well, this thing. Lesson, yeah. This lesson today has been unbelievable for me. When I turn, I'm just sitting outside work for a couple hours, just praying and uh, go doing my own uh, prayers and whatnot. And what you said to me was to move closer to them, look at them through the love of Christ. Mm. Yeah. So important. Yeah, it is. Paul, love your heart, man. Wow. Boom, brother. That's wow. why we call you the boom crew. That's a good one. We got any more here that you want to highlight? Yeah. Let me let me grab a couple more. Uh, Taking out, this is a good one, 7570 says, by taking the log out of our eye first. It's good. Yeah. Oftentimes we can see someone as an enemy, but perhaps there is something, we talked about this yesterday, that we need to own in it. Yeah. The There's nothing more that needs to be said except that taking the log out of your own eye, what Jesus is saying when he tells that beautiful story is that don't make the presumption that you're okay. Make the presumption that you're not okay. Get that thing rooted out, because only when we're good together, you and me, can you really love the guy that does have the speck in his eye. doesn't say, by the way, it does not say don't go messing with 
other people's specs. He's saying, before you do, make sure that you're log-free. There's an order to it. There's an order to it. Michelle in Chicago, what's your story? Yes, I worked for this company, and for some reason, no one wanted to talk to me. I was the only believer. And I met a young lady, and I one day she just came in. She looked very sad. And I asked her, I said, are you okay? And she says, um, Why? And I said, because you just doesn't, don't seem like yourself. And she's like, you don't know me. I mean, just real harshly. And I'm like, oh, okay. I say, I was just, you know, wondering. But before, <laughs> make a long story short, before it was all over, not only did we become amazing friends, but we prayed together. Oh. And she gave her life to Christ. Oh. And so did several others oh. at the job. And the funny thing about it was other people was, would say good morning to me and they would say, why are you talking to her? We don't talk to her. Oh, but wow. God set a platform. And not only when I left, did they remain praying. And when newcomers would come on and there would be animosity or something, they'd be like, we don't do that. Because um, Miss Michelle showed us we don't do that. We pray and we lift each other up. I'm telling you, <laughs> oh, my God. Michelle. And I learned normally when you have an enemy with a person or there's animosity right at the beginning and you don't know why, it's because God has called you to that person. Interesting. Uh, often, often the case. Michelle, wow. you are a rock star. Oh. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Triple boom, you sister. Michelle, just putting it out there, we do have openings here at Moody. Just if you want to go and check out online and see it. <laughs> hold it, because this is another test place to deal no, with people? I want someone else. I, I want it. someone like Michelle. I know. On board with us. I, it could have gone two ways, her recommendation to come work here. We've got a fertile harvest uh, for you here. Or, Man, yeah, no, what a great You want people like Michelle on your team. Man, Very Michelle. True. Wow. Way to go. You're right on. On, sister moving toward people michelle isn't that right huh sister yes you have to you have to you have he what did jesus say he said by my loving kindness have i drawn thee and i stayed kind even when they didn't speak i would speak in the morning sometimes it was hard and i so when i get off work i ain't gonna lie sometimes i'd cry I'd be like lord i've done nothing to these people mm -hmm. but i understand it wasn't me that they were harling against it was the god in me because the devil knew what was coming and he was trying to abort it and had i went along with his little plan those things never would have happened michelle you just mentioned a verse that I, I don't, I'm going to go back to here. Boom Crew, she just cited Romans 2.4. It's one of my favorite verses. And it applies to this, I mean, in a big way. We know, excuse me, let me go all the way to verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Mm. Woo! Do you know it's God's kindness that led you to repentance? You. And Michelle's testifying that kindness can turn around a whole work environment. Is it risky? Yeah. Does it always work? No. But you won't know unless you try. You just don't know. Chuck a little pasta. See what spiritual pasta sticks to the wall. John Reddick, man, God, turn it around, and he will, and he can. How do we love our enemies? How in the world does that work? Karen, sounds like you're in the middle of one there, sister. What's going on? Yeah, so um, ran for local school board feeling it should be my, my good civic duty to be able to get in there, but also um, 
just have after having knocked 2200 doors realized that you know there are some things we're not doing in the best way for our kids and one of the women that currently sits on the board is very much pushing that agenda and tries to meet with people to convert her her way and she did end up winning the election um i was up on votes almost 500 and the server crashed and then it came back and she ended up winning. Now I, that's all in God's hands, right? Because God could wave yep. his finger and yep. had made anything happen, but that's okay. He has me there for another reason. And he's put on my heart lately. Why don't you call her up for coffee and maybe see what you can do right on. to turn her heart? You know, you know, that's tough, Karen. Cause I mean, when you go first off, I'm not, I, I think you need to go for a checkup on one thing, Karen, because to run for a school board has got to be one of the craziest things in the world, sister. <laughs> I agree. I agree, but I told God, lady. <laughs> no, that's no, I'm awesome. with you. We, we awesome applaud you, you for that. Civic minded. That is so cool. I mean, that is awesome. But that's hard, isn't it, Karen? I, that's that's a double whammy. First off, she's espousing stuff that is contrary to anything that's life-giving, and then you lost to her. But yeah. th- that's the Lord working in your heart, Karen. And mm-hmm. uh, Allie, could you pray for Karen? Yeah. Lord, I just want to bring Karen before you right now, Lord, and anyone else who finds himself in a similar situation of feeling like uh, those who are maybe against you, Lord, are being promoted. Um God, we see this in Scripture, that there is a time when we will see that happen. But God, we can trust in you, that you ultimately, God, you are victorious, Lord. So I pray that you would release Karen from any sort of hard feelings toward this person, Lord, that you would allow her to move toward her with genuine love and concern, and that you would turn this for your good, God, for Karen's good and for your glory, God. I just pray that you would make that possible, Lord, that she'd come back with a testimony, Lord, of what you did and only you could do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Karen, we're proud of you, sister. Thank you so much for being in the Boom Crew. You're inspiring. Thank you. Appreciate the prayer, guys. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Thank you. You too, Karen. Oof. Yeah. That's only God can cause you to want to go back to, to this situation. Yeah. And that's that's a big one and because she touches on that. And that when you see, and I'm not, I want to be careful that I'm, I'm not directly yeah. calling Karen's opponent this, but there, we will see those who oppose God prosper. And that's really frustrating. Yeah, but the rain falls on them. Yes. The yes, rain, the, the rain I mean, falls said, on the just and the, the unjust. The crops grow. There is a, a a God goodness that everybody benefits from. Yeah. Rain, sunshine. And the, and we need to remember this. The prince and power of the air is powerful. Yeah. He's not called the prince and impotence of the air. No. Prince and power of the air. Satan is powerful. Now, is God stronger? Yes. Oh, of course. Everything Satan does is under his ultimate sovereign control. Yeah. yeah. But man, he's this is he's making hay while the sun's shining to use the Jesus metaphor. Yeah, I just I Psalm 73 is what I was what I was thinking about. How as for me, my feet almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is a Psalm of Asaph that it's a good one to go to when you feel like enemies of God are prospering. You need to get that 
Uh, Psalm copied, 73. We need to get that copied out, and you need to put that on a sheet of paper because I'm telling you, we need to go back to that over and over again. Read it one more time. Yeah, Ella. I'm going. This is uh, Psalm 73, verse two. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is Asaph pouring out his heart about how he feels about those who oppose God prospering. But he ultimately, if you read all the way through, he gets to a place where he remembers the goodness of God. Boom. Boom. Coming up, minute and a half, taking your calls. Got a question for you. Have you seen God work in a situation where you had an enemy, but you moved toward him? And God brought something good out of it. 312-274-9624. Get your morning crew at all times of the day. Follow Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Love your enemies week. And sometimes we underestimate God's power to work when we move toward people. We just do. But every once in a while we move towards someone and everything changes. Lilia in Chicago, give it to us. What's your story, sister? Yeah, good morning. God bless you all. Um, just wanted to share that when I was in grammar school, you know, um, we would give testimony of our faith, and I was bullied, especially by this girl that I would call her my best friend. And, you know, that, that verse that you guys read to pray over our enemies and those who persecute us. And I would pray every night for her. Little did I know that years later, um, my te- um, my testimony would impact her. She became a Christian. Wow. She came to know the Lord. And I cried tears of joy because God is so good and so faithful. Because through that persecution, you know, I would go to church and I would feel the arms of the Father wide open <laughs> to say, I know what you're going through and I know you're being bullied for my name's sake, but you know, it was worth it. It was worth it because I would feel the presence of God and the hug of God in my heart, healing my heart. But not only that, someone came through Christ through that. And sometimes it's worth it. It's going to hurt, but it's worth it at the end. Yeah. Lily. God is so faithful. Yes, he is. And I just want to say this to you, boom crew. While Lily is here. First off, boom, sister. That's why we call you the boom crew. This is a phenomenal example of what authentic faith really looks like. You can talk about preaching on Sundays. Ah, man, I got this preacher over here. You can talk about a worship leader. Ah, this guy. This is discipleship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That other stuff is too. But this is discipleship. And guess what? Lily has proven. Yeah. It's in reach for all of us. And that. Wow. You never know how. God's going to use a situation where you are faithful with your witness, not perfect, but you're faithful. Oh. And you think that a situation's a whole, hopeless. And then years later, you find out that you had an impact that you didn't even realize. No clue. You know, I'll, I'll be candid with you. Wading into this week, I'm like, man, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Seems like such a reach. I mean, does, right? Yeah. It's a reach. By the grace and power of God, it's within reach. And only by the grace and power of God, because I can't think of anything that causes your flesh to scream more than an enemy, than a an knucklehead, enemy, than somebody who mistreats you, or even worse, mistreats someone that you love. Oh man, I, I don't know about you, but I get way more offended for like my kids 
or my husband than I do even for myself. Like, yeah. mess with me. I don't like it, but mess with my kids? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you mess with my wife and we got trouble in River City. Right? Oh, oh So, but God's call is the same. Yeah. Funny thing is we have a problem with when people take on our family, but when we're walking in the flesh, we're, we're bad to them too. <laughs> That's true. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no weird. Oh, boy. We got such a problem when somebody take it on well, our family you know. and then we're in the flesh and we're like, we're horrible. God's got to deal we with need us it. too. We need his grace always, don't Absolutely. we, Ellie? Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's wrap it up this way. I think this is important. The awesome thing about loving our enemies is that we can't do it, but Christ can through us. And moving toward them is the secret sauce. Praying for them is awesome. One of the coolest stories that I've seen, you you might think, look at the Hamas, for instance, Mm -hmm. and you go, what in the world can God do to liberate these people from this evil? And it's evil. And, And just for the record, guys, I saw two kindergarten pageants from the Gaza Strip that were filmed last year and the year before. And I think even Justin Crone had this in one of his documentaries. Hope in the Holy Land. Hope in the Holy Land documentary. I was blown away. You got kindergartners role-playing being terrorists on a stage, and you've got hundreds of parents going wild for their kids. Role-playing killing Israelis, role-playing putting mines underneath tanks, role-playing all this stuff. And it's crazy. So there is an inbred rage and anger that you almost have to say, how can a kid be raised in that culture and not utterly hate Jews? Right. How can you not? You're doing kindergarten pageants to hate Jewish people. And you got adults. You know the term, is there an adult in the room? You got adults. Rubber stamping this thing is great. Well, then, lo and behold, I, I could it be the power of prayer? Sure could. Jake Tapper was interviewing on CNN. I saw a clip of it. Jake Tapper's one of the truly independent thinkers at times out there in the mainstream media, and he interviewed the son of the head of the Hamas that, give us the story, Young Thunder. The story of, I'm, I apologize. The story, the story of, of the of the son of the Hamas leader. Yeah, the son of the Hamas leader. It is a crazy story because he, he's not just the leader of Hamas. He was the founder yeah. of Hamas. And this son became an Israeli spy uh, to work with the Israelis to help kind of get rid of the foundation of Hamas within the Palestinian territories. And you think now he's not a believer. So you would think like, well, how does someone who grows up in that environment yeah. find out, well, this is this is something that is wrong. Well, it's the common grace of God. Yeah, it's the common grace of God. That's right on. Yeah. And we might we might find out when we get to heaven that somebody was praying for this kid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't know exactly what was going on, but here's, here's the hope in that. When I was listening to this, I'm going, wow, this is the son of the Hamas founder. And what did he call Hamas warriors? He, he called them a genocidal group. He said people need to understand that this is a genocidal group. That is they're, their intention. And they're, they genuinely have hatred mm-hmm. for Jewish people. Yeah. 
And what was good about that is it 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 can neutralize some of our there's a populist swing in our nation that that a lot of people are saying they've never seen before. When the Nazis were going crazy in World War II, there was we were lockstep behind the evilness of that. In our country today, there is a big swath, not the majority, but a big swath of people that are sympathizers with the Hamas. Tragic, but true. Yeah. 9.8% one poll said. So you got to ask the question, what's going on with this guy that turned his back on that? And all I can tell you is we don't give up on anybody. Absolutely. You got the son of the Hamas founder turning tail, willing to throw his dad and all of his dad's friends under the bus for the sake of what is sensible. God can change anyone. And yeah. we've been looking at this Psalm 83 that we referred to when we first started talking about this whole situation. Psalm 83, 16, fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. That second part, that they may seek your name, O Lord. We pray for victory, we pray for justice, but it's all it's not for a vengeance sake. It's not so that we can see people, God stick it to people because we're mad. Yeah. And even because it's wrong, we ask for justice, but God, that they may seek your name. That they may seek your name. And if you got a heart for that, that's a prayer that's heard. I still get blown away by this guy. You saw that same interview clip? Yeah, it's— it's Wasn't that shocking? It is shocking because you just—I mean, to think about it, it's not, it's not like a guy who joined Hamas and became a leader and this is his son. This is the guy who created it. So you would think this is how he was raised. This is the home he grew up in. And he is able to understand and come to the sense of this is not right and I need to do things against it. That's a common grace of God. Yeah. In fact, I loved the part where he said, I kept, as a young boy, I was telling my dad, these people are, these people are mean. They're hateful. Mm -hmm. Something was going on spiritually in this kid's life. Absolutely. And we can pray for that for others. Love our enemies and love them well. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.